Doyle Esquire. And I'm Cody Dakota Rhodes. And together we are Spinning the Reel! Hello everybody and uh, this is a first. What you're hearing right now is your host Cody practicing to be host for next week's episode. And uh, we have over here Hi, this is Evan, and if you noticed a lack of enthusiasm in that intro, it's because I wasn't doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Notes for next week. So, yeah, just get things started. Today is uh, September 1st. Happy September, everybody. 2020. Uh, Has there ever been a happy September? Well, I feel like there has been. Okay. In my life, there's definitely been happy Septembers. I couldn't tell you exact moments. I just know that. I don't know why. You're just always not happy. I feel like September is just not like a happy month well maybe you're just not a happy person (laughs) well that's true (laughs) we got great enthusiasm in the intro cheers to that (laughs) sir so anyways uh to get things started evan will be gone next week so i that's why i started things off here so conveniently again mulan and all that release i think i think you're just trying to escape everything i mean look at it it's a scale here it's a it's a yeah balanced scale right on one hand there's mulan which i want nothing to do with on the other hand, there is, I'm thinking of ending things coming to Netflix, which I'm very excited for. <laughs> so anyway, I, guys, I need a vacation real bad, okay? You're getting one, man. I'll You're getting back. one. Take a breather. I think we all need it. Unwind, relax, forget about everything in a, in a way. So what are you going to do while I'm gone, Cody? We, I have lined up a special guest. Okay. There's a lost episode that we had where he's actually on it before. Is that the first lost episode or the no, second lost episode? The second lost episode. We've lost two episodes. Apologies to Zach and apologies to uh, That's one of my bad, buddies. right? That we've got what, like forty something episodes, and we've already lost two. <laughs> Maybe three. I forget. I know it's not a great record. We had to re-record one. Yeah, that's right. We did re-record one. Anyways, it's my buddy Connor. He was on a lost episode we had, uh, so he'll be on with us next week. The movie he picked was called Overlord released in 2018 it's available on hulu if you guys want to catch up with that that's what we'll be discussing next week it's like a nazi zombie kind of movie so wow are you I, saying that i leave and you decide to turn this into a nazi podcast uh no comment wow but yeah cody's we'll staring in- <laughs> at me with his piercing blue eyes we'll I'm, in- I'm very worried right now <laughs> i don't know if i want to come back all right, so we'll get into that. That's next week's uh, podcast. Why it's gone? You will not be missed. This is why we shouldn't do podcasts in person, Cody. It's just, it's... <laughs> you will not be missed. Uh, so, all right. What, how about you bring us home a little bit? Well, what are we talking about today? Yeah. Maybe? So you put here in the intro notes that there are some theatrical releases, Tenant and the New Mutants, which we're not going to talk about on this podcast. So I don't know why you put it there, but we are going to talk about the Bill and Ted series because we did both watch. The entire series. I don't know about. I had seen Excellent Adventure before. I think this was the first time for you for the whole. Yeah, I was shebang. unaware of it com- entirely. Actually. You didn't know it existed. I did not know. It's bogus. Um, okay, and then we're also going to talk about the uh, the sad news. Bring it, bring it down here a little bit about um, the sudden and shocking passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman. So that's going to be sort of in the middle. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the uh, first couple Bill and Ted's that. Happened back in the late 80s, early 90s, and then we're going to talk, uh, we're going to close it out with uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. So with that, are we ready to go? That sounds pretty Mr. good, Host? Evan. That was great, man. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it.
right, Evan. First up, we got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, released in 1989. It's available mm-hmm. on Stars, by the way. Luckily, you know, didn't have to rent all of them. Well, I, I just bought all the movies. Yes. Yeah, well. And so I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump in here because even though you're testing your your metal here as host, you're still in t- responsible for the plot description. Oh, I'm still responsible. So I'm gonna hop back into sort of like quasi hosting the episode here. Um, to ask you, I really thought I was gonna get out of this. What? So yeah, so we're gonna talk about this is gonna be a quick conversation. I feel like about both of the first two um, Bill and Ted movies. Uh, We'll start with Excellent Adventure. What what is the premise of? Yeah, so you got two main characters, just two idiotic teens, like you know per se. Uh, Bill S. Preston is his name, played by Alex Winter. Excuse me, sir. Bill S. Preston, Esquire. Esquire. My bad. And uh, Ted Theodore. Uh, Logan, played by Keanu Reeves. I think the latter of the two you guys definitely know from a lot of other uh, movies and stuff. And they have a band called the Wild Stallions. And uh, what we want to talk about here with the Wild Stallions is uh, that they're they're going to be famous one day. I don't they know are. how. I don't know when. George Carlin knows it. But there's a utopia in the future where this music is what really unites the people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. And that's why you get this futuristic time booth travel guy that comes to the past, George Carlin. George I don't know Carlin, what his character's who name basically is. Basically, says Rufus. you have to pass this history class, you know, final like exam. Yep. Because if you don't, the band breaks up, and if the band breaks up, we don't get this future utopia. Yeah. That's where we're at with Bill and Ted. Yep. All right, and we'll talk about Bill and Ted in detail. I think we can talk about both of them here, but I want to jump over to Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure because one of the things you didn't really mention in the in the summary and i don't know why you would but it's basically like this this is a sort of a self-contained story right it's like all right we have to make sure they pass their history exam so that way this band survives whatever it's it's just like a stupid little movie that people really dug so they made another one so what is um what is the plot of bill and ted's bogus adventure let's just get them both knocked out here. You want to get them both knocked out? Right, and then we'll talk about it as a whole. All right, well, the band stays together. That's a that's a big plus. Yeah, because I don't the know if you one... know this, Cody. People aren't here to listen to us talk about 30-year-old movies. Why not? Maybe they are. I don't know. We talked about The Shining. They were there to listen to that. That was like a 60-year-old movie. Wow, so 30 is different than 60? And, that's right. You know, Classic that's discriminated versus... discriminated age. That's right. Of movies. Movies that are our age <laughs> suck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. These movies are good. Keep going. <laughs> So in this one, the band's still together, and they're about to do like a rock show and stuff, and they have their princesses that we'll get into again with the first one, and uh, part of the band. And what happens is this futuristic, I don't know who the guy is in this one. Denomalous is his Denomalous. He's upset. He doesn't want to follow this music, and so- He doesn't believe in being excellent He makes the Bill and Ted robots to go back into the present again and have them killed to basically wreck this show that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And they succeed at killing them, and so then there's this whole afterlife scene- they with, go to hell. Uh, the Grim Reaper. And then the Grim Reaper, you know, brings them back, joins the band. Things are successful again. And they have united, or at this time of the movies being released, have united the people into a successful camaraderie. Right. Okay. Their band takes off, man. So, so that's where we're at with the two Bill and Ted movies, right? We First are. one, um, they save their band and they're mm-hmm. able to become wild stallions the second one you see someone trying to stop them and they they overcome it right so let's let's start with excellent adventure uh this was the movie that got it all started what what did you think about it cody uh yeah for the first time yeah so just a reminder i have not never seen these movies before 
And after finishing it, I can instantly see that classic appeal, especially for those that watched it during its time, on why it like why it's a revisitable movie. Um, these are just they're, they're fun, crazy, just really stupid comedy movies. Like instantly, mm. you think of like Dumb and Dumber when I watch like that's what I thought of when I watched this. And I personally had like I had nothing wrong with it. Like it just was so like off the wall comedic and the way with their demeanors and everything that just kind of unraveled in this to making no sense and yet making so much sense in the process by like the time was Mm -hmm. all said and done like i just couldn't help but like have a grin and smile and laugh like the entire time through this entire movie and like there's just lines in there that like we were already talking earlier it's just like that that's the appeal right like you just can't help but repeat your favorite line you got a favorite one just like just be excellent to one like that (laughs) that stuff is just so great to me and it's just so funny and it's just I just I can't help but like love like almost the entirety of this entire uh, first right. movie. It's yeah. sort of fun just watching them kind of like yeah. putz around, not really realizing the gravity of what's going on, but like also the stakes of it are so low. It's like they just literally they have to pass a history <laughs> test, and instead of yeah. studying, they go back in time and find all these fucking historical figures that they don't even know who they are. Of course they do. So crates. So crates. Like wind in the dust. And it's just, it's funny, like, watching all of those, like, figures react to things. It's just funny. Like, my, my favorite line, too, is just, like, they're sitting there at talking to George Carlin in uh, the parking lot of the Circle K. And, like, all this crazy shit is happening. And all that uh, Keanu Reeves can say is, like, Bill, something strange is afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is great. I love that. It's uh... so funny. Did you have um so I had seen this movie I'll just throw out there I don't know five ten years ago or something my dad showed it to my brother and I and we're just like all right whatever this is kind of stupid but it's also just kind of fun and and I think that's okay right like you don't see a ton of those movies anymore really that are just like big mainstream movies that are just dumb it's just like hey here's just something fun and stupid yeah enjoy it right yeah. and people did and and that's i think why we're able to get a new sequel to it today because people really connected to it back then and and one of the things i i, I appreciate about this and this kind of gets into bogus adventure as well is like these depictions of the future from back in the 80s and 90s <laughs> like late 80s early 90s you go they go to the future and it's all either like completely over the top like all white outfits or like crazy neon colors everywhere it's always the neon stuff for the future like during that era and it's like nobody nobody in the 80s even like could imagine a future that didn't revolve around the color scheme of the (laughs) 80s And, and for me like that's what's so funny to go back at it but yeah and i think time travel movies in general like i know there's a lot of like when i was like writing my review and just kind of reading how people like maybe you know interpreted at the Mm -hmm. time or obviously today and a lot of it was compared to like back to the future and stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, same sort of thing right yeah come to the future neon colors and like over the top that's kind of like what people liked during that time or like it Mm -hmm. you know it resonated with a lot of people at that time so and it resonates today still too just like you said for different reasons obviously just it's funny to like think about it today mm-hmm. compared to obviously the time of release back in you know early 90s or 89 obviously now so. i'd like to spend the next 20 minutes talking okay. about why it's great that jane wideland was in bill and ted's excellent adventure as joan of arc 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I was mad when she didn't show up in Bogus Journey. I was like, this whole movie's a fucking waste now. Wow. We need more Go-Go's in the world, Cody. <laughs> more Go-Go's, better. Um, yeah, I, I think that's sort of just like the whole thing. There's not really a ton to say about the first movie necessarily, other than it's just like it's fun. Yeah, It's like a perfectly they... fine Come on, dude. Billy the Kid in So Crates throwing a football around in the background. Yeah, I know, right? The <laughs> just, background work in these movies are pretty yeah, great. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I just those it's like the little things you pick up on. You're like, that's actually funny. That's even funnier, or whatever. But yeah, it's just like it's just. Dumb, it seemed like dumb even shit. for the it's amount fine. of small screen time, like they brought in Napoleon. He was mm-hmm. kind of, I guess, a bigger like, figure <laughs> in this movie. What, in a sense, what happened to Napoleon? He was a dick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just like yes, he was a short. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You guys just got to watch this movie. You haven't seen it. I don't want to ruin every yeah. single joke that we have and repeat <laughs> but like, everything. The thing is that's great about it. So I think it was writer for uh, or editor for Polygon, Matt Patches, I think I saw on Twitter, said this. But he's like, all of the Bill and Ted movies are like perfectly okay movies with moments of comedic genius. And I think that kind of sums them up pretty well because – this movie is. It's like it's it's fine. Like it's not yeah. anything special. You're not getting any sort of depth out of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And but just the way they talk to each other, the way they talk to people, it's like <laughs> we need yes, to realize Miss of Ark, ma'am, and stuff like that. Like it's just funny. Yeah, we need to also establish the fact. Keanu Reeves did this in an interview that Bill and Ted are not. I repeat, not stoners. That's what. That's what. Uh, Keanu Reeves did say in an interview, so promoting. Do I believe uh, it? I don't know. Music. Do you see them smoke weed once? No, we don't. We do not see it once. So that's right. I, I have to agree to that fact because there's no evidence to say. Yeah, you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> um, okay, so let's jump over here to uh, the bogus adventure. And so, oh wait, sorry. Before we jump over to bogus adventure officially, you want to round up. Yeah, Excellent let's round adventure. up the first one. So I think with everything, that's actually you, you have the, the title wrong here. It's bogus journey, not bogus adventure. So I'm sorry I'm that I have the wrong title. Here. You change it right now. Okay, you still said it. It's not I my did because I was reading the page. You, you you believe everything you read, Evan? <sighs> if anyone would like to apply to do our show notes for us, we need a new person. <laughs> um, all right, let's round it up. So for the first one, Bill and Ted's. Excellent adventure. That title is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, letterbox roundup. Most excellent. I gave this one a three and a half out of five stars. Cody, this is a most excellent movie mm-hmm. that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and I also gave it a bodacious three and a <laughs> half stars. Mm. All right, bogus journey. We're gonna have a little more disagreement on. I didn't really like it very much. I thought it was sort of like a sequel that didn't need to exist, which you could probably say for Face the Music too. But what what did you think about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? So just in essence of all three of them, just to kind of get it out of the way, mm-hmm. there's definitely, for only being 90-minute movies, I like that progression where it continues. And the first one seemed to have that continuously. Mm-hmm. And same with the third one. This one in particular, it, it started off kind of funny, whatever, same kind mm-hmm. of moments okay, I'm going to get behind this. And it kind of drops off. It's kind of slow for only, again, being a 90-minute movie, you just want that constant you know, banter, jokes, whatever. And right. it isn't until you get to like the Grim Reaper scenes with uh, William Sadler. Who's that's, great. Yeah. yeah, that's when this movie really takes off completely. And it's just like, okay, now I get it. Now we're back to where we were with the first mm-hmm. one. You sank my battleship. Suck it. We'll, we'll go back kind of thing. And uh, 
that that's when I really felt that same kind of essence. Like I said, the funny, the comedic, all of that that was great about the first one. Um, great in the second one. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say like, oh, well, there was no direction in the first 20, 30 minutes because, again, there's no direction really in any yeah, of these movies. It, such, it took a while to get It's such get, a light premise regardless yeah. on every one of these movies. It's like there's really – there's not really like this thematical like theme or like this – this what you're supposed to get out of a movie, right? Mm-hmm. These is just like they're there to be fun and they don't – they don't go necessarily over the top, I guess, per se. Um, but they're like they're just there to make you laugh, man. And, and I don't find a problem with that like at mm-hmm. all. I, I don't need to get something out of it other than just enjoying myself, having a good laugh, I guess. Yeah. And this one just took too long, I guess, to get me there mm-hmm. for this sequel. So The thing that I – okay, so before I get into like the reason that this movie didn't work for me, which I will in a second, but the thing that I really enjoy about it is this idea that is confirmed in uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music, but they, like you die and then you go to hell. And then the Gr- <laughs> if you beat the Grim Reaper at fucking games, he can take you to heaven, which is hilarious to me. So get good at Battleship, get yeah. good at Clue, and get good at uh, Twister. And, and If like, you're good at all three of those, you can get out of hell. Those scenes that you're talking about are super funny, where like the Grim Reaper loses a game. He's like, nobody's beating me at a game. He's like, best two out of three. <laughs> And then they're like, best five out of seven. And he's like, you bet it. <laughs> and it's just like, right. And then he ends up joining. It's just, it's so funny. Like that bit. The thing that I didn't love about Bogus Journey is that there wasn't really an end goal they were working towards, right? Like they had to go play the talent show or something, or the Battle of the Bands or whatever. But like it wasn't as like, time on the clock we have to get back by a certain time we have to do this it was just sort of like things happened but they did the silliness got ratcheted up to like this insane level where like with the robots always taking their shirts off and ripping their chests open just to show people their robots like what is wrong with that funny stuff but it's just like it's not even though like the first movie's about time travel and like all these characters from history being out of out of place like it's just not as engaging, I guess. Like it's it's too ridiculous, and like it station showing up, for example, <laughs> for me, it's like this is just ridiculous. Like I mean, not that station, uh, no, station is unnecessary and stupid. And for a little bit of context, station is this these two characters that say nothing else besides station, and they're like they fuse into one. And they're then, like Mars, like aliens. That, yeah, it's weird. and it's just like they it goes to just such a ridiculous level in mm-hmm. Bogus Journey that I just kind of got taken out of it, and the humor wasn't enough to be like, all right, I can I can get with this stuff. Like, it, it sort of got away from what was successful about the first one, like, just being relatively, like, simple and unconcerned with, like, the dynamics of things. Just, like, having two stoners that aren't stoners, like, going through history and being like, yo, what's up, Socrates? As opposed <laughs> to, like, this one where things got, like, real but also were, like, ridiculous. It was just too much for me, I thought. Really? I disagree. I, I don't think it was too much because, I mean, the point of all these movies are that in essence they're too much and it's still like it's still simple man like it's a simple story like gotta go stop the robots from basically destroying what's gonna be our successful show right here tonight so i mean there's still like a time crunch factor that but also they sucked forward. at guitar so like the show was gonna be a disaster anyway <laughs> we don't know either <laughs> women mature faster than us <laughs> so 
I, you know, I understand your point of view. I, I will, for the reasons that I've already kind of stated here, agree that it's it's not as good as the first one, mm-hmm. and is probably the least of. The, I think it's the least successful. Yeah, the least successful far. of the three. Once we get into the third one and explain our, you know, thoughts on that one, but I mean, I'll agree with you to that extent. But right. I don't disagree that it was it was still a bad movie. Like, well, for what it was, like, yeah, it just continued the story, man. Like, that's another thing to like note real quick is like watching these because I watch these in succession for the most mm-hmm. part. I watched first one actually. Uh, day prior and then i watched the other two back i did the exact same thing and uh it it makes it i guess it just makes it like one really kind of like long movie because if you really did watch all three in succession is it does feel like a just drawn out long story on like where they Mm -hmm. were and like what you know where they obviously end up and stuff even with the 30 year gap in between the second and third movie here Mm -hmm. but it just felt like a consensus story and it's like okay like it's kind of cool so like i do recommend within a weekend if you watch all all three of them I, I think it kind of impacts a little bit different and it makes yeah. a difference maybe. And if know. it sounds like something that interests you, you can buy, I think, the three-pack of all all three movies on Apple for like 35 bucks or something, which I think isn't a bad deal considering you have to pay, I think, $25 to buy the new one or $20 to rent it. So like... You're getting an okay deal. That's that's what I ended up. I doing hope with we've explained that. well enough on why well, these movies are good. Enough. I, yeah, no, I want to. <laughs> I want to say one more thing about Bogus Journey, and I think like one of the fun things about Excellent Adventure is like going through these different time points in history and like meeting these real characters and seeing how the real characters react um, to like a different point in history, which is fun. You don't really get that in Bogus Journey. You just sort of get like this very simple low budget version of what like the afterlife might look like um with the exception i think that the grim reaper slash death i think they refer to him as death most of the time being like added to the band and becoming a part of the crew is very fun like i do i do like the best thing to come out of this movie is death which is (laughs) such so weird to say but like it's true yeah and the ending is just so like when you get to like, well, when you get to the end credits, it's even funnier. Right, they're running through like, all the accomplishments. Through, like, all their accomplishments. Like, they go to the Middle East and achieve world <laughs> peace and shit, and it's like, come on, man. Oh man, it's just it's good stuff. I still enjoyed myself with this one. Obviously. Highly recommend yeah, the so. uh, the, the uh, Bill and Ted series. Yeah. We're gonna talk about uh, face the music here after. Uh, a break, and we're going to talk about Chadwick Boseman. Well, we got a, a letterbox. We got to we got to round it up first. Letterbox roundup. So, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey for me, it, it falls just a little bit more flat than the first one. I, I gave this one three out of five stars. This one, Cody, I got to say, just it, and I have said it did not connect with me really at all. Um, there are a few great lines and stuff, but just nothing like the original. Two out of five stars for me okay. for the Bogus Journey. It is truly a bogus journey. I see. Well, that's a that's a bummer. Uh, you guys can tweet at us at spinning the reel and say right. why and Evan why is me. no why Evan is wrong. Not just in this movie, just in general. Like I'm fine with it. Like whatever reason you want to throw out. For yeah, any no, episode. that's fine. Tell me I'm wrong. That's that's great. I like that. I'm never w- wrong. No, wait. What's that phrase? I might not always be right, but I'm never wrong. That's Evan. Sure. Okay, let's go. Hey, whoa, 
I'm supposed to kind of host this episode so that I get practice for next week, Evan. Okay. So you, let me let me wanna, take you want to take oh, over the Chadwick right, Boseman Evan. segment. Well, I don't want to completely right take it over. Okay, this is go ahead. this is both our podcast here. So obviously, over the uh, last weekend, sad news. We're gonna mm-hmm. open your beer real quick. No, I'm not in the middle of the Chadwick Boseman segment. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> so so he passed away last Friday, guys, and uh, this was sad news for a lot of people, Evan and I included. Was it, I don't was it Friday when that? Yeah, it was I believe Friday, it, it huh? was Friday. Yeah, last Friday. And uh, I honestly didn't believe it at first, man. I really oh, didn't. Oh, I thought it I was, was fake. Yeah, I was like, dude, this can't be real. And mm-hmm. obviously, I'm on Twitter. I don't really tweet that much. And Yeah, Cody's just a Twitter stalker. <laughs> I, I'm a Twitter stalker. And I was just kind of like scrolling through, and I'm like, Chadwick Boseman died at 43. And I'm like, nah, like this, what, what kind of fake news is this kind of thing? No, my like, friend told me, I was, I was, we were picking up pizza, me and a buddy, and mm-hmm. He was like, oh, shit, Chadwick Boseman died? And I was like, no, that can't be real. Yeah. And he's like, no, his like actual Twitter account tweeted it out. And I was like, yeah. what, what? Yeah. So, I mean, he died of uh, colon cancer. Uh, obviously, it wasn't yeah. really known. He was diagnosed with in 2016. Yeah. And it, and it really was under the radar because, like I said, it just came as a shock to you know anybody and everybody who kind of knew him mm-hmm. other than really close family, of course. And so that's why I think it was such a shock. But, you know, such a, you know... Resem- resemblance isn't the word I want to use. It, it just resonates with you. Like, you never know what someone's going through. Mm-hmm. And I know that he had, like, an interview where he was on, like, Instagram or whatever. And like, they're like, oh, he looks like a crackhead or whatever. Because he lost a lot of weight. And he was, right. You know, he didn't, no one knew yeah, he was like, dying. Like, that's he, that's how, like, how internal, like, he kept this situation. And to continue going with all the movies that he made during that time, we'll get into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just really remarkable. And obviously, you know, we're, we were kind of devastated, Evan and I. And we were tweeting at one another. And we were texting and stuff and we just wanted to we just wanted to bring it to light i think with everything yeah. that's going on right well now i know too. i know it's you said deal. you're thinking about maybe writing something and, and yeah i am i am too and we'll, we'll talk about the website later but what i mean what what are your initial thoughts here like as you process this or because i've been thinking about a lot of things and sure if you want me to get into it i can but i'll try and have, get into it as much as i can yeah if you, you know my thought process isn't really you know I don't know where everyone else is kind of at with it, but I'll obviously try and relate it to movies. It's like he was so good at choosing roles. Like, I mean, he was just getting started personally mm-hmm. with like everything he did. Obviously, his biggest role. I don't even think we mentioned it yet. Hopefully, you already know who he is because otherwise, you're just like, who are you guys talking about? Uh, this was Black Panther. King I, T'Challa. King That's T'Challa. Right. Um, but he played other roles that I really appreciated for what it was. Um, I just watched. 42? Uh, I didn't watch 42. I watched the. Um, get on up with uh, oh sure was that good i haven't it seen was, it yet he was th- this is where i want to get to like yeah. he is really good mm. i think he really selects what roles he likes to play or wants to play and a lot of them are obviously at this point even with king to they they feel so real even when the yeah. two obviously are real with jackie robinson and whatnot and, and james brown and james brown and that's what's so like great like I love when I watch a biopic or anything like that where it's obviously not that actual person playing mm-hmm. that playing, but someone playing what supposedly this person was like. And you just feel like so connected and that's what he was like so good at. Even when he was like King Gachala in Black Panther, it's like, man, like I emotionally and all that kind of stuff, like I believe this character. Right. And that's what he was so good at. And it what what makes it even better is when you watch interviews on all these talk shows that he did. I went back through like YouTube and just all these interviews that he went through, all these awards that he got. He never even still made it about himself. He always kind of pawned it off onto other people like, hey, I'm not the real superhero. Highlighted the And and really just made this connection with so many different people. And he just never wanted to take the credit 
for like his success mm-hmm. in, in you know, obviously all these movies. And it's just like, I applaud that. I love people that are just genuine and like down to earth. Mm-hmm. And from everything I've seen, it's like, I don't think anything other than that. I don't think he was one of those, like, you know, put a face on for an appearance kind of thing. Like right. he, he seemed like a genuine, yeah, guy. he legitimately wanted things to go better for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you where I was sort of in shock when I heard about it. And it's it's still almost hard to process because that's not supposed to happen. Like, you're not supposed to die at 42. And someone that was so transcendent, maybe is the word that I'm looking for, someone that has had his whole career ahead of him um, and was so emblematic of the future like that to me was shocking like that we could lose someone like that was really shocking and i still am having a hard time putting it into words but i'm sort of thinking about it in the context of his different roles as you know a film watcher and i'm sure you're the same way but looking at these things and of course i'm thinking about black panther and 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 how much that movie meant to people and how much chadwick boseman through his media appearances knew how much that movie meant to people he would go visit kids in the hospital that had terminal cancer and like i'm i'm getting emotional thinking about that like him going to meet with these kids who were dying and knew they weren't going to be able to see black panther but they could see him as black panther and they could see themselves as a superhero at least before they died and how important that was to him and he talked about that in interviews too i'm thinking about that I'm thinking more than anything about The Five Bloods, which we talked about earlier this year, which, one, I mean, he was 40-something dealing with cancer, um, going through surgeries and and chemo treatments when he filmed that movie, but he credibly played a 20-something-year-old in the Vietnam War. And I'm thinking about how ethereal his appearance in that movie was, how he just seemed like, he was transcendent from from the earth in that movie and every character refers to him as sort of this almost godlike person and you see it in that like the lighting in that movie and you see it in how he is an inspiration in that movie to his his colleagues and his comrades that fought through the Vietnam War and, and I think that that is Chadwick Boseman that's how we're reacting to Chadwick Boseman dying right now and, and saying that this guy right here was the best of us. And I don't know that I can watch The Five Bloods in the same way without picturing that those scenes of him as sort of this spirit from beyond the grave, like inspiring us to be better and him filming that knowing that he's going to die and no one else knowing that and just how, how powerful that is. Um, I, I think about the roles that he chose. You talked about um, James Brown, uh, a pioneer of music. We talked about Jackie Robinson in 42, um, breaking the color barrier in uh, in baseball. Um, we can talk about Thurgood Marshall, and he was in Marshall, which was one of the movies he filmed after his diagnosis. Uh, and then, of course, um, King T'Challa, or Prince T'Challa, when he first showed up in Civil War. Uh, but these are all roles that just are such powerful civil rights figures and and he was such a passionate voice 
for civil rights. Like he was out here, and <laughs> I don't even know how to put it. Like portraying these characters that meant so much to black communities across the, the country. And and again, I can't necessarily speak to that myself, but I could see how much it meant to him and how much he put into those roles. Like if you watch a Chadwick Boseman movie, it might not be the best movie, but he is always giving it 110% and embodying that role so brilliantly. And it's just, to me, nothing sums it up better than if you take a look at the response to his passing and you look at the tweet that announced it on his Twitter page. Um, at this point, I think it's like 3.1 million retweets, which is only behind the the chicken nuggets dude which is kind of sad but like like it is the most retweeted tweet that isn't that one or like a giveaway so it's i think it's like fifth all time or fourth all time or something like you can just see how shocked everyone was and how moved everyone was by chadwick boseman and how big of a hole his death leaves in his absence now like it's it's genuinely horrible that that we don't get to see yeah. the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, it speaks volume right here that we're just talking about it and everyone seems to be talking mm-hmm. about it. And it doesn't have to be movie-related. I think people, right? He's just one of those guys where it's like you hear about him and then you hear his, like, Black Panther. Regardless of where you stand, it's like, oh, wow, he just died. Like, you get a sense of sadness, I think, regardless, because it's mm-hmm. like this guy, like, pioneered at the very least empathy, like I said, for what it looks like everyone he ever encountered and you can yeah. see it by the massive amount of just tweets from everyone who knew him who on a person yeah worked with yeah. him on a personal level and i'm like that that's a message in itself is just to basically pioneer this and it's it's sad to say in obviously today's day and age it's like just to have empathy for somebody or everybody mm-hmm. in this case it's like that's something that i think we should strive for and unfortunately it doesn't happen um but he he just embodies that so well right um, on and off the screen. And so it, it is a sad, you know, it's a sad thing. And of course, something we wanted to talk about here on the podcast yeah. just because it's, you know, it, it's a big, it's a big deal. It's um, devastating. I mean, I, I just went off on a whole like <laughs> six or seven minute thing about, about how devastated I am. But I just like truly, he was in a very short time, one of our great actors in the world. And, and I mean, He's again. I don't. I never knew Chadwick Boseman, obviously, but like from all accounts, he was a great person. On top of that, which is incredible, and seeing go out and watch interviews and appearances by Chadwick Boseman because they're all just delightful. And even with the struggle that he was going through, like the things that that he portrayed on screen and the things he did for other people well, a, just mean, will not be forgotten like yeah, he, not to cut you off yeah go ahead but uh, yeah i mean right there in itself it's like you're never you just mentioned it with the five bloods off the top of this whole segment mm-hmm. you're never going to watch any of those movies the same way you did the first time around knowing that he was sick during the duration right. of filming like and he still put in one of the great performances in oh, each of those yes. movies yes like of anyone at the time like excuse me i i have no doubt that if chadwick boseman went on to have a long story career that there would be academy awards in there like that's how good he was and it's just so sad for his family of course and everything and it's sad for all of us too that we we don't get to bear witness to that um potential 
that, mm-hmm. that has been lost. So I, I'm <clears throat> fucking sad about it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you are too. Oh, yeah. Thoughts and prayers with his family and everything. And, you yeah. know, like I said, you know, just again to reiterate, you know, you never know someone's situation. So all I can say is uh, be nice to everyone, really. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> don't make me laugh during this segment. But yes, be excellent to one another. Cody, time to lighten things up a little bit more. Um, we're talking once again about Bill and Ted. We're talking about the new Bill and Ted, the relevant Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, um, they face the music. They do face the music. So why don't you uh, start us off with the plot description? So in this one, we, we find out really that they never actually had that song to unite everybody. And this is where we were at. And uh, basically the future, or actually all of time and space, will forever be lost if they don't it's unite all in on everyone itself. across, you know, time. So they get stuck in a situation with, obviously, their daughters now. We are 20 years later. Missy is on her third wife. That's 30. important. <laughs> husband. Third, yes, third husband. I'm sorry. That's right. Um, sorry, that was just funny to me to say. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're in the situation where they kind of have to go find their future selves to find this song that's supposed to unite everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I said, the two daughters are important because they go on their own journey and they get their own musical uh, prodigies from the past. So kind of that same essence from the first one with mm-hmm. them especially. Like, you really see that resonance with the first one. And uh, by the end, I don't want to spoil things before we really kind of start talking about it, but... Uh, Let's just say that they get to that point where they do find that song that unites them, mm-hmm. you know, across all of time, That's and not in the way that they thought. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So I that that sort of sums it up. I think what's interesting about this movie is it, it's a, it is very much a modern Bill and Ted, right? And so they basically come to the realization that they haven't written this song that will re, that will unite the world, and what's their solution to that when they're when they're confronted with the challenge and there's a clock put on the uh, on to when they have to do this by 75 minutes baby yeah, they got 75 minutes to do it which is literally runs along with the runtime of the movie which is kind of fun <laughs> yeah, that's so why you get to awesome, follow yeah. it in real time but like of course as bill and ted always have done what is their first instinct to try and cheat at it to try and figure <laughs> out who has the answers already so they jump forward to try and find themselves but one of the things I found interesting about this movie that's very different than the others in the franchise, to just to begin with here, is the bifurcated nature of it, right? You have Bill and Ted's plotline, and then you have Billy and Thea's plotline. Um, and I found it actually sort of exhilarating to have these two different storylines going on at once, like Billy and Thea being sort of the traditional travel-through-time Bill and Ted story, and then Bill and Ted going through their own journey, not just to find the song, but like to come to terms with who they are, who they've become, like who they want to be in the future. So I found like those two different plot lines interesting. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Um, both of them as actresses. I, I don't know their names off the top of my head. Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne. I, I've seen them in things, especially, you know, and it's funny because it's like I actually know that they're good actresses and to see them in these roles. Mm-hmm. Again, well, Cody, if you had pulled up my full written review on spinningthereel.weebly.com, you would have seen their name in it. Oh, way to plug that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do like that nature of the side-by-side of 
them, the two daughters mm-hmm. as referring to them, going through the same type of, you know, thing that Bill and Ted had gone through in the first one. Yep. Like you said, and Bill and Ted doing their thing, of course, trying to cheat things, going to them future selves, like, <laughs> all right, let's go two years. Like, we had to have written the song by now. And then four years, and then six years, and then at the same time trying to save their marriage and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause, but know, screwing it up in the process and, and as they do. screwing it up in the process, yeah. you know. And uh, it's just it's just so funny, and, you know, it that's the light and airy comedy, obviously, that Bill and Ted bring to the table. And then the same kind of thing with, obviously, the two daughters. It's like, okay, there's also that same, you know, resonates with you mm-hmm. for anyone who watched the first one at the time. is like, okay, well, now you're bringing back, you know, what was so great, as you've already mentioned, too, in the first one. And right. so it's, it's even great, again, obviously, in this one as well. Um, so, I mean, it's nice to see, for sure. Yeah. So, so one of the things I really liked about this movie, and I'll just throw out there already, I guess as a spoiler to uh, our roundup, but I think this is the best Bill and Ted movie. And the reason that I think that is it captures a lot of the youthful kind of exuberance of the first movie through uh, Billy and Thea, uh, Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne, I think are great. And I think that every scene that they're in, they sort of steal the scene. Like those are, I think the best parts of Face the Music are the parts where they're traveling through time and meeting these different characters and stuff. That's, that's the part I really enjoyed more than anything else. But I think that for the first time in the series, you have some serious, like tangible stakes right? The world is falling in on itself. Bill and Ted are coming to terms with the fact that they're maybe not who they thought they were. Like, they have to come to terms with who they want to be. And the movie sort of settles in a really nice place of, um, I guess, again, spoilers, but it settles in this really nice place of them realizing that, like, to unite the world, to fulfill their destinies, they don't have to be these transcendent musicians. They just have to be good dads and good husbands. And like that's the part they never realized in the first two scenes or two movies is like they never realized that it was as simple as just being excellent to each other is like the solution to this whole thing. So I, I think what's really great about Bill and Ted Face the Music is that it is it has matured with the characters. Like it's given us the chance to grow with them as well in a way that the first two didn't did you notice that at all did you think it was a little more grown up i guess than the first two movies or do you think that like even after 30 years it's just still kind of nonsense there's definitely more there like we just stated it you know as i mentioned the first two like there's nothing like thematical to get out of them i guess i think this one there is yeah and that's where i'm getting at is this one there there is I forget exactly what the line was that the the doctor or the first time traveler, the daughter left. Like things don't always end the way you expected. Yeah, it's the ending doesn't make sense or something like until that. the end or yeah. something. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens in this movie. And like you just stated, they get to this realization where it's like, oh, it wasn't even us to begin with. Mm-hmm. It was our daughters, and you know, the, it was them just being there present being good dads and right realizing it's like that's hey, how they united the we world. had our success we had our music whatever we don't have the song but we gave the world what they needed to obviously provide that good song right. by just being something else uh and or not being something else just being them mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning so i mean there's definitely more of a theme in this one um and again it 
I mean, it's no different than the other two, though, in terms of its wackiness, off-the-wall kind of it stuff. It is pretty wacky at times. Yeah, and it's just like, I mean, and they bring back everything that was, like, great about the first two, too. You get, obviously, but they cut death. the fat, too, you know? <laughs> they bring back death, obviously, great, and they, yep. and they, they bring in... Uh, there's another like bounty hunter in this one and trying to oh, kill God, Bill the and robot Tate. bounty hunter. Is yeah, so robot funny. bounty hunter. His name's Dennis. Uh, Dennis no Taylor McCoy. <laughs> My name is Dennis. And, I mean, he's just a great, great addition to the entirety of everything he says is so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's just, it's just good. So I mean, I mean, there's really, there's no, there's no offbeat with this one. I feel like compared yeah. to uh, um, the second one again and all that in. It, it's just, it really is as good as the original, and especially if you're just, like, you can even watch this still alone as, like, a standalone. I, th- I think you could really watch all of them standalone, mm-hmm. but this one in particular, I really feel like you can really watch again as a standalone. Oh, yeah. I, and, I'm, I'll be gunning back to this movie. And someone yeah. who's our, you know, someone's in that generation, just like, you who know, the generation. grew up with Bill and Ted. Yeah. Can enjoy it just as much, and then, like I said, if this is your first time watching one of these... For this generation, it's like, okay, right. cool. Like, it's the same thing as what was the excellent adventure back during that generation. Right. So. And, and you do get elements of both, right? You get oh, the course. fan service and then you get some new profound things, which is awesome. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Samra Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne um, as their daughters going through time themselves and sort of like discovering this sort of concept that, that Bill and Ted went through in the first movie and just so many little funny things they yeah. go back to get like Jimi hendrix right and and they bring I back i can't play with you <laughs> and they bring back uh, louis armstrong but from the past yeah so that that's a, that's a very important question i have to ask yeah. should they have brought back evan old louis armstrong one of the best young. lines in the movie but like <laughs> i don't know i just think it's fun right like they go through time and i i think one of the things i'm getting at here and i, I put this in the review as well but like this is a grown-up Bill and Ted, right? Like, you are now looking at what this movie looks like in 2020. It's excellent event- adventure plus some um, for the modern era because going back through time, it's not, uh, let's gather up all these white folks and, like, we're in a different moment now, right? Like, you get Jimi Hendrix, you get Louis Armstrong, you get um, Ling Lun, I think, the flute player from China. You get... Um, the drummer that they found in like prehistoric Africa, which was pretty cool. And like, you still get, what was it? Was it Bach? Who, who was the, who was the piano player they got? The, you remember? And it wasn't Beethoven. I don't think. No, it wasn't Beethoven. He was in the, wasn't he in the first one? Oh no, no, Beethoven. I don't know, but, but I forget right whoever now. they get, but it was like a very inclusive and, and like broad group from history that they got, which was kind of cool. And, I like I just I just found this movie really charming. I don't what what did you think? Did you have any like part of it that specifically spoke to you like any performances or anything that worked specifically? Mm, I mean, it's hard. I think every Kristen like I, Shaw obviously is always great. Yeah. Like my favorite part was just cuz it was it was new in the time of obviously I watched it again mm-hmm. in one weekend was it's just you think they can't add something new that will bring like flavor that make it funny or whatever. Yeah, and that's where I really just appreciated having Dennis in there oh, more so than funny. anything. I yeah. mean, really, like it's just like man, like how much more like over the top or like little chuckles or laughs can you like really mm-hmm. put in this movie with the characters that have already been provided and you think they would you know want to? Oh, let's just develop because they've already added a lot of new characters. Yeah, like really because it's it is thirty years later. 
they have to obviously adapt situations with who honestly couldn't even be in the movie anymore, mm-hmm. which was probably what's his name from the first one. The original time traveler guy that came Oh in. yeah, George Carlin. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, he died. Yeah, so, he so couldn't you be can't in the bring movie. like right. So they so brought his already, daughter in and they had a hologram of him. Yeah, you bring but, yeah. you bring his daughter in or bring yeah, what is well, not his, his daughter actual in. daughter. Kristen then, Shaw as his yeah, daughter. And then obviously their two daughters and obviously new casting for the wives and stuff. So Which they did for every movie. Every they did movie do had that. different yeah. uh they did different that, princesses. Of course. Um, but I'm just saying to bring all those characters in, you'd think like, Okay, that's enough. Like let's just work with this. And it's just, it's just, they always Jillian find, Bell is they the, find the therapist. Something. They just it's find something. Too. And uh, there's just so many little punchlines and little gags and gigs. Did and, you think that Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne captured that essence of Bill and Ted when they were talking? 100%. Like the, I was, the dudes and that most yeah, excellent. <laughs> yeah, most excellent. And I, I, I bring that up too, or I'm glad that you brought that up. It's because I, I listen to like radio shows and stuff, like mm. specifically like the Woody show and like, they weren't good. I'm like, the point of them is, first off, they are really good actresses. They are. They're great. And it's just funny because it's like, they're they're intentionally bad. Just like, yeah, you're, obviously, kind of reasons. The point. Oh, that is the point. <laughs> like, don't look past that. Like, that is the point is for them to embody the same thing that you saw. I don't know. Okay. I'm just side note. I don't know how you look at this movie and think that they are bad in it because they're <laughs> great in it. Like, they're so awesome. They are very, very They refer good. to, like, both of their dads together as dads. Like, it's it's so great. We got to help our dads, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, like, it's it's just a great experience. Billy, Thea, dads. <laughs> it's great. It's just a great experience. And so, yeah, I have I have a few more things I want to do it, get baby. at here. And, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think the, the best way to go about this. So... Let's put this one first. Um, one of the things I found really great about this movie was something that's thematic in at least Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and probably the whole series. And that's this whole idea of like be excellent to each other and like uniting the world, right? I like I couldn't wipe the smile from my face during that whole last scene as they're performing this song together and the whole world is coming together to help each other. And, like, man, we've been stuck in quarantine for months. Like, there's nothing but, like, rancor and infighting, and everybody's just upset with everybody else. And for me, it was just so nice to watch a movie in which everybody was just trying to help each other and, like, was looking out for each other and was coming together as one. And, Again, I I think that these fights that we have in, like, the current era and everything that have been going on for a long time, but, like, having these, whether they be political or personal, these arguments and these debates are necessary, but they're exhausting. And I think it's so nice to be able to watch something like Bill and Ted that is relentlessly optimistic and just makes you happy. Like, that movie just made me feel good. And for me, like that meant so much in this time period that we're going through that like that might have been enough for the extra half a star in and of itself. I don't know if you felt the same way of like this movie is just like delightful. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, like I said, with like all of them, it's just they they have this persona about them and the optimism like that you state. It's like they're just they're just cool dudes or whatever. And like, yeah, yeah like like 
I I understand. Like I I like I wish I could be as optimistic or you or right. whatnot and all this kind of stuff. And they just think you know from the very beginning of like every single movie, they're just like, we don't know, but we'll figure it out like along the yeah. way. And like everything's gonna work out just okay. And to have that, I mean, I get it. It probably speaks more resonance now during obviously this time with COVID, everything going on in the world. I get it. But even so, it's like even before this, like I don't think you could ever take away. Like that movie just, you know, that's why people revisit it. Just yeah. it makes you feel good, man. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Like I said, I mean, like, it's kind of nice to think that just the simple concept of, I'll say it again, I've said it many times this episode of just being excellent to each other can bring people together and can, like, help us out. So the that, that was great to me. But I, I think the last thing, in my mind, and I'll, and I'll throw it to you if you have any other thoughts on it, but would you... I don't know. This movie feels sort of like unnecessary almost in the way that any sequel sort of feels unnecessary, right? Where like we're 30 years on. Do we really need another Bill and Ted? And I think the answer after watching it is yes. But like, would you watch another one of these movies starred by, again, we've brought them up many times, Samra Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne. Like, would you watch a, a Billy and Thea movie? I would. I, I mean, there's no doubt in they're my great. mind. Like, I think they were the best part. Yeah. Nothing, nothing in this entire you know series, franchise, whatever, is is off putting to where it's like, you know, I didn't not enjoy my time. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a waste of time. It's nothing like, like it's just pointless, silly humor. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, and uh, I mean, keep it going if you want to keep it going. Like, you that's, know, yeah, there I'm it is. With you, so that's that's a lot of fun. I yeah, I just I. I adore this movie. I think it's it's wonderful. You want to round it up? <laughs> let's uh, let's round it up, I guess, because I, I mean, there's nothing more to really say. I mean, yeah. Did just, you have anything else you wanted to add? I can't. I can't think of anything. Like I said, it's just you know repetitive at this point. Feels like a broken record. What we're saying. It's Watch just, it. That's all we should say. That's is, all we is, should say. If I you agree. can go, if it's safe to go to a theater, go to a theater and see it. If it's not. There's drive-ins. Go open. to a drive-in. If if and if not, it's at home. Unlike the the uh, corporate overlords of Tenet, Warner <laughs> Brothers, <laughs> Bill and Ted is available at home. So there is that. So yeah, check it out if you get the chance, guys. Uh, definitely on both our ends, recommended. So we'll we'll get into our letterbox, letterbox roundup. Box roundup. There we go. So uh, I'll stay consistent across the board. Like I said, this had a lot of. Uh, a lot of similarities to the first one, so my star mm-hmm. rating does not change again from what the first one was. Three and a half stars out of five for this mm-hmm. one for me. Okay. And uh, you said it was your favorite, so what, what it's did you It's my favorite. So this is uh, this is a four-star movie for Whoa, me. Baby. It's better than Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and as I, as I talked about, I think that's because it takes that delightful element, it takes that silly element, and it adds in some stakes, and it adds in some... Uh, some thematic elements that were sort of absent from earlier movies. If you want to get my full thoughts on it, I'll plug it one more time. You can go to spinningthereel.weebly.com. We'll link it in the uh, the episode notes. Here I wrote a, a full review, full being like 700 words, nothing nothing too crazy. But uh, I would appreciate it if you checked it out. Uh, it kind of gets at all the reasons why I thought this movie was most excellent. And uh, on that note, party on, dudes. Be excellent to each other.
Cody. So you quasi hosted this episode. How yeah. did that feel? Well, obviously, I wasn't enthusiastic enough in the intro. You weren't. You got. You got to really bring people in. I will do my best when you're gone next week. You got to be like, "Hello and welcome." If I lower my standards and then I over deliver, that's great. That's right. If you set the bar low, if that, I set the bar, that's low. been a proven strategy, yes, <laughs> at so least in this country. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have set myself up. I think for success next week. We'll see how it goes. Connor's, yeah. a, Connor's a good guy. Again, uh, he was Brick, very good in the last episode. He was. So we'll bring him in, and obviously, I don't want to introduce or anything like that until we get to that point. But the real suspense is: Will I listen to the last ep- or the, uh, the the new episode? <laughs> So, again, watching Overlord next week. It's available on Hulu. It's a Nazi mm-hmm. horror movie. Um, never seen it. He really likes it, and you know, we'll get into details cool. when cool. the time comes. But uh, And then when I get back, we'll figure out what we're doing. Yeah. It's going to be either Mulan or I'm thinking of ending things or maybe both. We'll see. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll see. I'm, I'm for sure seeing Mulan, I think, no matter what. So. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then in the meantime, Cody, where can the people find us? Our social media pages still are on Twitter and Instagram at Spinning the Real, R-E-E-L. That's right. Uh, we upload our podcast to uh, Anchor is our Anchor, main hub. And that puts us everywhere. It really does. It puts us everywhere. You're so. listening to it, wherever you're listening to it. <laughs> um, additionally, we're on Letterboxd. Um, we've given out our socials. At, at, I think mine's Evan D 26 or something. But DJ Road. That's, I had to do it. That's you did. You had I to had do to. it. Um, additionally, I, I know I've plugged it a few times, but we're actually writing a lot more. I've got a couple reviews out in the last month. Cody wrote some words about <laughs> Olaf on um, on the website. So go to spinningthereal.weebly.com to read those things. We're gonna try and post more regularly. And you know what? If we post more regularly and we get the traffic to the website, I'm more than happy to get a real website for it. So uh, go check that out. Support us a little bit there. That would be uh, that would be awesome. You can't call me out and then get mad that I wrote something for you. You called me <laughs> out for not writing. You're like, do it, do it, do it. So I did. <laughs> you it. You did. You did. And so. it was it was words that were written, <laughs> and they're great. Um, so so check that out. That's uh, that's fun. I'm, um, both of us, one of us. I'm not sure we're figuring it out. Are probably gonna put what we said about Chadwick Boseman today maybe into written word. We're figuring that out still, but we appreciate everybody listening, and I'm going to miss you guys next week. I won't. Cool. Bye. Thank you.